Welcome, everybody. This is Texas Tim here for Holy Commutes on October 18th. Uh, I just got back from the United Wiffle Ball National Championships in York, Pennsylvania, um, and really had a great time. Tournament went really well. Uh, I want to talk about a couple of things uh, before I move on uh, to my show. Uh, I want to thank the um, the York Revolution for allowing us to be in that stadium. You know, this uh, th they keep the stadium so clean and beautiful. I couldn't believe it's as old as it as it is when when I found out they really do a super job. The grass looked great. Um, you know, the, the, everything they did was fantastic. Chris, the, um, the field crew guy did a, a amazing job helping us out and, and doing all the finishing touches. He spends the time to do that logo right in the middle of the infield and they didn't have to do that, but they do to add the, a great touch, man, that was just awesome. Of the things they do. I want to, I want to give a big shout out to what I think are probably some of the unsung heroes of this tournament as well. And that is the guys that come had come out and set up all the fencing um, and taken it all down during the tournament. If you've never been involved in running a tournament, uh, well, spend a day in their shoes and you'll see, you'll look at it a little bit differently. And that's Nick Shirey um, and, and his guys, Laird, Potter, and Bull. Um, they were the muscle of this tournament. If you ever see those guys, you need to be thanking them like you've never thanked anybody before. I know a lot of times uh, we give kudos to, um, uh, you know, Tim and Paul and, and uh, Cook, and a lot of people thank me as well. But I'm going to tell you what, these guys are uh, the heart and soul of of this tournament doing all that hard labor of setting up and taking down those fields and it's a thankless job so guys if you know them shoot them a text uh, shoot them a message or if you see them you need to tell them thank you because they these guys are amazing and uh that being said i'm gonna move on to uh, my guest i have on with me um uh, luke richter and 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 Jackson Richardson, who are the basically the team captains of the two Texas teams that that went and played in this tournament. And guys, you've heard me say it uh, on 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 Saturday night how um, how proud I am of you guys and proud I am of the Texas guys going down there and and making an incredible showing, uh, the best showing of of Texas teams uh, ever in the NCT going back to the uh, fast plastic years and, um, you know, in UF, you got more wins, seven combined than I think we've had in the last two years combined. So um, amazing, amazing job. Um, Jackson, I'm going to talk to you first about your punishment squad. We'll, we'll talk about TC35 here in a minute. You guys uh, had a rough start. You started off 0-2 uh, in the Indeed. contender bracket, and you barely dropped your first game to With Inc., which With Inc. had an incredible tournament. They came out as the two seed, 
So no slouch losing to that game. How was your mindset and what was you, what were you thinking going into that first game? Uh, I mean, you know, we thought with Inc, obviously a quality veteran Northeastern squad and one of the best in the game. And we knew we were up against, you know, we did think we were going to see Anthony Didio, which is uh, a veteran arm. I think clearly, I mean, throws the ball real well, but, uh, you know, there are levels to this. And Dan Whitener is just an elite, elite, elite arm. Uh, could not speak any more highly of him, particularly having after having faced him. It was just uh, electric stuff. And uh, it was just an absolute blast to be able to play that game and, uh, you know, be as close as it was and competitive as it was. And those guys are also super cool, joy to play against. Uh, couldn't ask for anything more. So after you, you then dropped your second game to the long balls, it really wasn't a close contest. So I'm not even going to talk about that one. What I want to talk about was what was your mindset after that game? Oh, and two, what were y'all thinking? You had a matchup with the horsemen. What was your focus and what were you trying to do? You needed that win. You know, we weren't even, uh, you know, starting on two, you know, usually you might be played bad. Yeah. The, the long balls game is a little bit of a stinker, but, you know, I don't care what your team looks like on, on paper. If you show up and hit the ball like the long balls did against us, you deserve to win some games. And they certainly they, they got what they deserved against us. They show up and hit the shit out of the ball, out of the wiffle ball. Uh, um, so, I mean, really, you know, you can only control what you can control. We still had plenty of arms fresh, a lot of innings to go. And, you know, we knew uh, we're definitely deeper than last year. We definitely more experienced than last year, uh, you know, and Drew was on. So. We know, you know, just let's let's throw Dean, get past this game. Dean fills up the zone and past that. We just got to battle and compete to uh, to win to win four inning games. And we were able to do that until uh, until the eight o'clock game. And let's talk about the eight o'clock game. You had a very unique matchup. You drew the Tigers in your first game of that elimination round. Tell me. Uh, tell me how you felt about drawing them. Uh, and then how'd you game plan? Uh, it was a, a whole lot of fun. Um, like I said, we had arms fresh at that point. Uh, I mean, we're, they're a good team. They're talented, super talented. Uh, Gara, he's, a, he's got great stuff. You know, he'd benefit from more uh, from more game experience, just as anyone newer to the competitive with the ball scene would. Um, knowing that, you know, we – I think we threw Drew and Dean that game, had our lead a little bit, and then let Dean take the mop-up innings. I mean, you can never get too comfortable with those guys, but Dean is a very competitive arm, so I have no qualms with that. Um, your next game, you, you beat the Tigers 8-2, to two, then you drew, then you got the Gorillas. Can you tell me who threw against the Gorillas and, and maybe who was some of your, uh, your top performers? Drew threw against the Gorillas. Um, Drew was lights out all afternoon, all the evening. Um, ben Ben swung a hot bat all day. I mean, everyone contributed. We did a we uh, we ran the books yesterday, and you know, every there. I mean, Ben definitely had the best offensive performance out of any of us. But you know, Ben Dean and Bray. I mean, sorry, uh, Drew Dean and Braden were drawing walks all day, had base hits here and there. Sad book reflected that, and I had a hit in every game. So, like, really, it's a full team effort, and I'm super proud of the way we uh, we kind of fought together as a team because no one really carried us. Uh, as pitching aside, obviously, Drew was phenomenal. But uh, offensively, we all kind of got it going. We took advantage of opportunities, and 
and in those particular games where we get the big hits. So now you're advancing on to uh, the elimination bracket. And that was, I, I know that was your goal, uh, one of your small goals. I know you had a goal to try to get to Sunday and you you came close, right? So um, then you went up against the Canes. Canes ended up being a semifinal team uh, later on Sunday. So they made a really good run. Uh, you lost this game one to nothing. And I think maybe the eighth inning, you may correct me if I'm wrong, but take me through this game and what transpired and how it ended. Uh, the classic pitcher's duel. I don't know how many combined hits there were in that game. Maybe five. I think they had three. We had two, something around there. Um, just drew absolutely dominant, filthy, filthy stuff against a lineup full of great hitters. And Cooper Ruckle, absolutely filthy dominant versus a lineup full of good hitters. So. Uh, it was an absolute blast to play in. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we had runners on. We couldn't get the hit. Uh, they ended up getting it. So it was a one-swing game, 100%. It was uh, a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun playing in a situation that uh, leads itself to be that intense. But, you know, I, I think we did a good job, you know, our second time around keeping it loose, having fun, you know, throughout the whole tournament, throughout the whole event, even when things were tense and tight. Uh, a lot of fun, guys smiling. Like, that's what you want to see. And likewise, I say the same thing for them. They're a joy to play against. Absolutely loved it. Um, you know, you again, congratulations on really a good weekend. Three and three and really one hit. Really just a squared up hit away from advancing on uh, and beating a team that ended up being a semifinal team. And, you know, and let's take – uh, this is sort of a Texas flair show, but let's remind everybody that Cooper Ruckle, the, t- the pitcher that beat you is a Texas boy. And I know he's friends of yours now. And, and uh, uh, tell me a little bit more about his performance. He was phenomenal. Uh, you know, I know the stigma around him is, you know, he throws gas, but sometimes command is an issue. Uh, it was definitely not an issue for him in this game. He was filling the board constantly screwball slider riser all three for strikes all game long i think he walked two guys maybe three max uh you know i know that plus the two hits that whip numbers real low and uh it was an absolute challenge i mean that's part of the fun of whiffle ball it's just the absolute challenge you have you know you get a guy's best and uh just the adjust the constant adjustments you have to make to be able to keep up it's it's so much fun it's it's truly a chess game um I'm going to stay on the subject of punishment. I'm going to go uh, bring in Luke Richter, the captain of TC35. Luke, did you get a chance to watch punishment much? And what did you see that impressed you about their performance this weekend? For the most part, we were playing at the same time. Um, At one point, I think it was when they were playing the Tigers. Uh, We had a break, but we had chose to go eat. But we had the stream up watching at dinner. Um, and they were had a very heavy offensive game then. I don't know how many runs y'all score, 10? 10 plus? Something like that. I mean, we, we, um, we definitely put the bat on the ball. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they scored, what, five in that first inning, it looked like. Um, and like Jackson said earlier, I mean, it's a very good lineup, um, and they swung it up and down, that whole lineup. Uh, we did see some of their um, game against the long balls, and – Ben hit a ball into our lap up there on the uh, beam in right field. So that was cool. Um, 
but no, they, they swing it that whole lineup. Um, but outside of that, we didn't get too many opportunities to watch them. We were playing at the same time for the most of the day. All right. Now I'm going to change my focus a little bit here to uh, TC 35. And I don't know if anybody through the course of the, the five games had a strength of schedule stronger than TC 35. I think if we really go down and look at it, the strength of schedule that you guys had to face in your five games was, was probably off the chart. Um, would you, would you probably agree with that, the, the, that assessment? Yeah, I don't think we really even realized that until after we were several games in. I think we saw a tweet that said um, the usual suspects and C4 had accounted for four of those past five national championships. And when we kind of read that, we're like, oh, oh, shit, okay. Um, so that was very eye-opening to what we were able to accomplish there. Um, cause going into that, we were just going one game at a time. Um, we initially were trying to game plan games ahead, but yeah. we kind of shut that down immediately cause we thought we'd just get ourselves in trouble. Just go one game at a time. Um, and don't think, don't think too yeah. far ahead. Now your first game, you drew K2, a familiar, uh, uh, player on that team and Derek Raddick, you had seen him, uh, pitch and, um, you know, I watched a little bit of this game. Y'all weren't too far from me. I think you were on field two. Uh, this was not a pretty game. And, you know, uh, I know that uh, Chase started and ended up with some control issues. And you came in, I, I want to say, pretty early in that game. Can you take me through about what happened there? Because I saw Derek at the airport today, um, and he said the same thing. It was a really sloppy game, and nobody – everybody was struggling uh finding the zone well i think anytime you have an hour and a half four inning pool play game take place something interesting occurred um yeah it was wet um neither team really was able to pound the zone early or even throughout the game i think we were visitor and we initially immediately put up a couple runs um heavily supported by walks um and then and we took a couple um, run lead and we go play defense and then get two outs. And then Chase starts walking guys, starts walking guys. And, um, and he's not missing the board by much. I mean, he's missing an inch up down on the side every pitch. They're just not swinging the bat. Um, so yeah, I liked it. I was like, Chase, we can't just give up this lead walking them in. So I, I came in um, and then I immediately walked a guy and understood <laughs> why he was having that, um, those issues. Um, cause initially I was very confused. It's not very much like chase to be walking several guys in a row. And then I immediately did it. Um, and yeah, I mean, even with the towel wiping off that wet ball, it really, there's still some sort of moisture to it. And it does make all the difference in the world. Um, brought chase back in after that second inning and he held it down pretty good. Well, good enough. Like I said, this is just the ugliest game of ball I think I've ever been a part of. Um, I could not imagine watching that game as a fan. It just had to have been brutal. It, it really was. And and actually, it actually probably cost you guys. And no, it did. Later on in the tournament, it cost you guys a higher seed because uh, you gave up those runs. But um, nonetheless, you, you squeak by that one. You end up winning 10 to 9. Um, then you draw, not draw, you earn a, 
a, a matchup with three-time national championship uh, championship team and C4. So tell me how you went into this, knowing that you're the pedigree that you were facing, the players that you have heard of, and what was your mindset? Was any time did any of the guys go, oh, shit, we're playing C4? Or tell me how you guys went into that battle. Um, well, look, after that draft night, I mean, we knew that that was a possibility if we were to win that first game. Um, it definitely felt like C4 was going to be favorited over the Tigers, um, just with their, like you said, their pedigree. So we mm -hmm. knew that this was definitely a potential matchup. Um, like I said before, we knew Chase would probably be on the mounds. So didn't really have to make any decisions there. Um, and, and, I mean, we were just – we just kind of, in my opinion, just felt like we were just, all right, let's just go play a game. Let's just see what happens. There wasn't really any um, nervousness to it. I didn't feel like there wasn't any overconfidence. It was just kind of like, let's just one pitch at a time. Let's just go see what happens. So at the end of this tournament, there was a lot of buzz about Luke Richter. Okay. Uh, we'll get to your performance here in a minute and I'll have Jackson I think Jackson got to see you pitch a little bit and I'll get his input later when we bring this up, but Hey, did I not call it? But, but I, but I want to talk about this. I want to say people are forgetting. They forget because they see you late in the tournament. They forget or missed that chase Oliver pitched his ass off for two games in a row. Not only this game, Right. And Luke, correct me if I'm wrong, but he also pitched the next game against usual suspects and did the same thing. Am I right? Yeah. So, yeah, he pitched three full games in a row. And, um, I mean, you got to account for that number of pitches he threw in that first game was up there. I mean, he probably threw almost – I can't put a number to it. But the number of pitches with all those walks, including that first game, his pitch count, um, I, I don't know how that dude's arm works. Um, he still had bullets in him on Sunday. He wanted to throw Sunday. Um, we didn't get that opportunity, but there's something about chase and he's got a full tank at all times. It, and I, that's an overlooked performance of chase Oliver. And I, I really do believe because, and, and Jackson, correct me if I'm wrong, the buzz around Luke overshadowed the performance of chase on saturday i mean yeah it's over it's it's easy to overlook saturday as a whole i mean there's a lot of there are a whole lot of great performances saturday that you get overlooked just because it's saturday and you know you don't have the same uh you don't have the same magnitude of matchup but i mean realistically those matchups matter a whole lot regardless so uh chase absolutely pitched his ass off i was able to see a little bit of uh his performance and it comes as no surprise to me we've all known the chase i mean i really strong texas i don't know the last time chase pitched on the national stage but last couple of years as long as i've played ball he's filled up the board and he's been absolutely filthy so i'm not not surprised in the yeah. slightest and i just wanted to bring it up in this podcast because that's i felt like it deserved mention there are a lot of people listening to this podcast. Um, and, and so nonetheless, I, I want to make sure that I bring that up. Um, so it brings us to the, you, you end up getting that win over C4. How did that, that first win, 
over C4 early in the day. How did you guys uh, respond to that? And, and what type of uh, mindset did you go in when you had to, you saw that again, you were playing the usual suspects, which is another blue blood. Well, I am pretty self-explanatory. We were pretty ecstatic after that win. Um, had some clutch hits. We were really disciplined at the plate for the most part. Um, everyone was contributing. We batted five the whole tournament um, and never had an issue with that, which was something I personally was pretty nervous about. But, I mean, absolutely everybody um, did their part. But, no, yeah, we won that game, and we – just did, couldn't take a breath because then we immediately saw on that schedule we we're playing usual suspects like okay another staple team um and now we got to go to work i had no idea who we would face i did i knew less about them um than i did c4 but not to say not any not talking less of usual suspects um but yeah i just wasn't familiar with them so um kind of entered that game with the same mindset as going against c4 we'll see they're throwing adjust quickly and see what happens yeah and you end up uh uh winning that one 2-0 can you tell me uh where the offense came from in that game i believe in the third inning first pitch i hit a home run and then later that inning eric hit a triple that also scored a run so eric bad I, yeah, yeah, i'm gonna yeah jackson's gonna jump on what i'm gonna say i heard eric had probably his best offensive tournament he's ever had. Well, he all he's never not had a plethora of walks. I mean, that is Eric's thing. Um, our little one-two punches. I like him to bat in front of me, get on base, and then I like to try and get try and get a big hit. Um, that was something we did a lot against punishment in our scrimmage, um, and so we um, in our previous scrimmages before the tournament. Um, but he has an incredible eye. Um, he might not hit as many hits as the next guy, but I mean, he probably averaged at least a hit a game. And when he swings, it's a strike. And he watches balls that miss the zone by a centimeter. I don't know how he does it, but um, he got on base. We need to go through the book and see exactly what yeah. those stats are like, but he got on base like a madman. Jackson, what you were going to add something? Oh, I just, you know, we, we were calling him Eric Batwood because he's swinging the hell out of the bat. <laughs> nice, nice. I, good, good to see him do that. So you end up getting that win against usual suspects. Put you, you, you 3-0, you end up winning your contender bracket. Only five teams were able to do that. You're one of those. And you, you uh, come out of that with the five seed overall out of all, uh, all the teams, all 40 teams, you come out with a well-earned five seed. Um, I know that you guys had to feel excited about that and you got to buy. Well, when everything folded out and, and got drawn out, you saw there, there was C4 sitting there um, and they took care of business and won their game. And tell me about how you guys felt and responded uh, to the rematch of C4. I think there was two immediate feelings. Um, one of them was, well, Oh shit! Now we gotta we gotta play C four again, um, and the other was like, damn. One of I guess one of the best things about this tournament is you get the opportunity, especially for us Texas teams, to play um, all these teams that you watch all year, but you'll never play them in any tournaments. You don't share any tournaments, um, so just don't get to play someone new. But yeah, those are the two initial feelings. Um, 
And uh, next thought I would say is, okay, we're going to probably face Steffi or something because we knew they are going to be extremely hungry for that win. They don't want to get beat twice. Um, they There's no way they were feeling good after that first loss. Um, so we knew it was going to be a dogfight, and um, we're very curious to who they would put on the mound. And, you know, there's no slouch pitchers on that team for sure, and, mm -hmm. and you ended up edging this one out four to three. It was a very, you know, you know, guy, you know, I'm rooting for my Texas teams. I'm not rooting against anybody. I'm just rooting for my boys uh, from Texas to to be successful. And uh, uh, you guys pulled it out. It was, I was a little, I was nervous. Uh, it was funny that Jordan uh, Robles is sitting up in the stands watching the game. And as, right about that last inning, as we're getting close, he gets up and leaves. I said, where are you going? He said, I've seen this movie before. I know how this ends. And what he meant by it, Luke, is that he knew that C4 always finds a way to win the game. And he said, I've been in this movie. I know how this ends. And so, um, you know, I'm thinking to myself, oh, my goodness, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's a little nerve wracking because Jordan, it was Jordan couldn't watch the end of it. Cause he said he had seen it before. And were you guys nervous, uh, right there towards the end? Or were y'all confident that we could shut this down? Um, I mean, to be honest, I blacked out a good bit up there on the mound. Um, I mean, I've, I mean, at one point, I think it was in that last inning, I kind of looked past the strike zone, past the backstop and saw a crowd of, 20 30 people with phones cameras out standing on that I guess what is the actual baseball mound I was like oh my this would be really tough to give up a nuke right here to lose the game and stuff like that um but tried to stay relaxed tried to focus on hitting spots and we were able to pull that through um and we yeah we were ecstatic um to be able to do that twice in one day and again, you end up pulling out the win uh, to to move to uh, to Sunday. And again, there's nowhere to hide at this point. There's no there's no fluff teams at all left in the tournament on Sunday. Um, you know, you look up at that bracket. There's eight named teams, right? Or there's everybody but TC thirty five. You've heard of, right? You look up and down, going we're sort of the new kid on the block on this bracket. And how, how surreal was that to see TC 35's name up there on that final eight? Well, we brought the bracket home with us. So, <laughs> um, put that on the wall. Uh, um, I mean, I think what we talked about last week's podcast was, I mean, our, my personal goal was trying to maybe make it to the round of 16 and that would be a pretty satisfying weekend um so anything past that was just like oh, this is awesome so i mean we kind of took that same approach going into that next game just see what happens and and you did you know you end up dropping that to the phenoms but you you ran into a locked in jordan robles and you know to take nothing off of what you you accomplished and pitching uh luke it jordan robles was locked in yeah, he was. Um, I don't think I can't. I don't 
trying to remember the conversations and the stuff we looked at after the game. I can't recall him having any walks of any kind. It actually might have been one of our better hitting games um, with total numbers of hits. I mean, we had five, six hits, I think, um, but we just they were kind of sporadic throughout the game. And we ran into two double plays. Um, I know first inning, I think we had first and third. Um, nobody out. And then uh, I don't know I if that was the first bases inning. were loaded. I, I, I may be wrong, but I thought the bases were loaded. I know they were at least first and third. And there was a ground ball. Uh, I remember they got flipped up. I think it was to Connor. And he throws home for the double play and bangs his own. He wasn't a hard throw. He sort of was a nice, easy, controlled throw. It, it hung up. It. it hung up in the air a little bit and just come and go, book. And we, the rule there goes: the runner at third holds right. So that was a toughie because you were that would have put you one on the board and at least had a little bit of momentum uh, getting that run. And plus, it wouldn't have you would have uh, had a le- less. I think. I'm not sure where you were on the out situation, but you still might've had a shot to score another one. Yeah, that was extremely tough. Uh, I know there's at least two double plays. I might be getting that one mixed up with another, but I know I hit a ground ball um, kind of down the third base side and Connor had made a diving play to field that one and get that to second. And I don't know if that's the same one that just hit the zone or not, but it's not, it It was this, that was the second inning when Connor uh, dove, he dove, got it one-handed, and actually threw almost. I think he threw from the off his hip. He never came up to his knees and was able to uh, uh, turn that double play. Connor again, a phenomenal defense, uh, defensive game there, and and uh, to to help to help save that stuff. So that took a little bit of wind out of your sails, and and after that, Robles settled down. Um, you know, and I don't. I don't, y'all didn't get many base runners after that. So, Hey, all in all, you did great. Uh, Jackson, did you get a chance? I know you watched that game. Can you give me uh, any feedback on what you saw in that win over C4 that they had a four, three and that, that, uh, that, that, that final eight loss of five, zero. I mean, as far as I can say about the performance, I mean, look, C4 looked like a team who had been there, uh, Luke just kind of, you know, metaphorically pulled his nuts out and threw a threw a changeup right down right down Broad Street and got the last ground ball of the game. What could have easily been a walk off home run situation. I mean, that's just such a gutsy pitch to a to a, such an experienced hitter like the ones on C4. I can't remember exactly who the hitter was. Uh, maybe T-Way. I mean, just uh, just absolutely phenomenal pitch in that situation. And then. Uh, you know, with, with the with the Phenoms game, you run into a hot team at a, at the wrong time, and you know, you end up on the wrong end of things. This ball, that's just stuff that happens. So, yeah, it's uh, it, you know, nothing, nothing, yeah. nothing to be disappointed in for those guys. No, I, again, just pretty pretty awesome uh, for you guys. Awesome weekend uh, of of great whiffs and. Jackson, I know you and Luke have probably talked and chatted quite a bit. Um, have y'all had any discussions about uh, next year with your teams of, of wanting to return? I mean, 100%. I think uh, I can speak for myself and Luke when I say we're both heavily invested into this game, like, and uh, that's the same with our teammates. 
I mean, we spend every week at DBAT and our local park in Richardson, Texas, uh, throwing pens and taking live at-bats against each other. And, you know, I see it pay off. So, and uh, I only, I only expect that that's going to continue even more so in the future. Yeah. Luke? Um, uh, no conversations were had, but I don't think they really need to be had. I think everyone's pretty bought in. Um, it's best weekend of the year. Um, so yeah, I think we will absolutely be returning, um, ready to take a little bit of a break. Yeah. Um, I maybe took a hundred steps today. I am in pain. Everything hurts. Um, although we do have league night on Wednesday, don't we? That's going to be tough. Oh yeah. We, you still, it's a playoff week. I know. Right. So, um, I'll make, I'll make my brother throw. I'm going to go sit down. <laughs> That's all right. Hey guys, I, I don't want to take it any more time. Jackson, I know you're in the casino, so you need to go lose some money. Um, and, uh, Luke, it looks like you're home. Uh, you got home uh, on Sunday. So guys, I, again, can it, can it, you guys know how proud I am of, of both of your teams and the guys on your team. And uh, it was a phenomenal weekend uh, of the tournament. And it was phenomenal to see two of our local teams, two of our guy, our teams here do well. It goes to show that we've got a lot of talent here in Texas. Um, you know, I know Derek Raddick was talking about, you know, about a little bit because he's seen some of the talent that we have that, they have not seen there's some players some great players that that uh, play here in Austin and here in Texas and I encourage any of you teams out there I've talked it up a lot come to Texas come play in a fast pitch come play in a medium pitch we do it all here and we would love to have you come play we have if you're a, a quality quality fast pitch uh, teams here and we we would welcome all you guys to come to Texas and play and you can't beat a one day tournament and going and spending your extra time down in Austin on sixth street or rainy street. Uh, you guys Just could the words right out of my mouth, Tim. Yep. You guys could nothing. Nothing. Yep. Y'all don't already know. Tim runs great events. He'll get you in and out of there, win or lose. And you can go spend the rest of your night on sixth street. Absolutely. Yeah. We don't Thanks. have all day marathons here in Texas. Nope, that caught looking rule will not allow you to have a long game. Either <laughs> swing awesome. the bat or go sit down. Yeah. Hey, guys, thanks a lot. I enjoyed it. I look forward to seeing you guys. Luke, I'll see you Wednesday night at league night. Uh, Jackson, I'll see you when I see you. Uh, we got the winter classic that will come up uh, in, in uh, January, and maybe we'll see you guys there for the winter classic um, as we play a little medium pitch whiffs. Uh, that's always a lot of fun. Again, this is uh, Texas Tim. Uh, on you know Tuesday, uh, the the 18th for Holy Commutes. I'm looking forward to hearing the rest of them. We had got to listen on Monday to the Cooks talk about the Juggernauts, and which had a phenomenal tournament. They had a whole podcast of themselves, and I wanted this to be about you guys because uh, I know a lot of the other teams were talking about the Texas teams and and uh, how they did so. Thank you, guys. It was a lot of fun, and I will see you when I see you. Texas Tim out on Holy Commutes.